Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. On today's podcast, Adam Richard joins me to discuss Shazam, Mando, Perry Mason with a touch of Barry. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I'm putting the pop into pop culture here on Big Squid. Welcome to this bonus Big Squid podcast for the week. With all the new releases in films and television, it is difficult to cover everything I'd like to. There's just so much. Like, I'd really be up for talking about a lot of things, but because we do deep dives on this podcast, we try to dig into things... To be honest, it can be really difficult. (laughs) It can be really difficult to keep up with everything. And sometimes you just want to have a little chat about something. So this is going to be the first of an irregular segment called Pop Fridays. I'll do this whenever I have an opportunity and it will just be me or it'll be me with a guest talking about some of the TV shows and movies that uh, we've been watching. Maybe, uh, you know, a good place for new releases as well. So stuff like that. So these will just be some fun overviews to let you know what is out there, what we're enjoying, what we're a bit bamboozled by. You you get all of those emotions today in this podcast. So, uh, you know what? I'll swing by at the end. But for now, let's bring in Adam. This is a new idea for the Big Squid podcast, a Friday catch-up of things that have happened uh, during the week. It's not a deep dive. It's just a general chat about movies we've seen, TV shows that are entertaining us. Sometimes this person will be my guest. I'm, I'm guessing when I can get him to be on the podcast otherwise it might just be be by myself or who knows who knows this is brand new we're giving a crack adam rich and i we have seen some things this week we have and we're going to discuss them and uh, the first was shazam shazam fury of the gods the fury fury 
Because gods, they're furious. <laughs> the terrible chafing from all their armor. <laughs> oh my lord, it would be awful chafing, and <laughs> and it's the sequel to Shazam, which feels like it came out thirty nine years ago. So it's a long gap, isn't it? Well, judging by the ages of the children in the movie, who oh. were actual children and now all look like they. Uh, have been driving for five years. Um, yeah. yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I'll stop those kids aging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was always the problem with Lost. It's like they're on that island, but Walt's now 27. <laughs> oh, and, and taller than his dad. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is a movie about uh, the superhero Shazam who mm-hmm. is bestowed with the powers of the gods and uh, Billy Batson has shared his powers with his fellow foster kids and they're juggling being teenagers and being superheroes they're kind of a little bit shit at being superheroes which is because they're children because they're children yes and it's adorable yeah and even though they're in big adult bodies which is a you know it's problematic on a number of levels but this film doesn't go there thankfully (laughs) yes thankfully (laughs) though there is a there probably is a little bit more of an opportunity for some uh tom hanks big kind of scenarios isn't there <laughs> if they really wanted to lean into it but once again these kids are grown up now they're yeah. they're, they're too they're actually yeah. young adults <laughs> yeah but like uh, billy batson's 18 i think they say or he's about to turn 18 they yeah. say in the movie which is weird because the kid playing him feels like an adult yes uh, and looks like an adult yeah and looks like an adult but then yeah. when zach levi is you know it's the same character just played by a different actor yeah he's behaving like a 13 year old it's like why do you progress when the lightning hits you? <laughs> yes. Yes. It's not quite right. But uh, I feel like he hasn't seen this actor in a while and doesn't know that he's grown up because they would never be in scenes together. Like, yeah, like I don't know. I'm sure he's still 13. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just I'm just turning up and counting my money. <laughs> so do you think he's watching the film for the first time going, oh, I have pitched this incorrectly? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe he's still pitched it as like from before. He's like, oh, you know, I, know, I played this character before. I'm fine. I'm all over it. He's 13. Uh, like, I know how to do 13. It's like, no, he's 18 now. Yeah, don't worry. I'm no, no, 13. I've got it. Yep. <laughs> it's so funny. Won't so. It's it's it look it's a pretty straightforward story. Vengeful trio of ancient gods arrive on Earth in search of the magic stolen from them long ago, and Shazam and their allies have to uh, battle to maintain their superpowers and and save the world. And yeah. I reckon as someone who I, I think we're on the same wavelength here mm-hmm. is pretty over superheroes, pretty over the genre. Yeah. And I I had a good time. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it because it wasn't you know, it wasn't trying to rewrite the entire world. <laughs> like, mm. I got that, yeah, there was, you know, like it was gods and the gods were trying to remake the whole of Earth. Um, yeah. But they were just doing it in one city. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so they're just trying to protect one city. We didn't have to go to outer space or some kind of microcosmic multiverse. Um, it was just, you know, it was a handful of gods. Yep. And only a handful. Like, it wasn't like we got millions of them. No, um Three was heaps. Three was heaps. And also there was, you know, uh, uh, most of the Shazamas got their powers taken off them at some point by the gods. So, yep. realistically, we had one superhero and a couple of gods. Yep. And that was it. Yep. And I thought uh, there were lots of jokes. And yes. I feel like... Cute the, jokes. Very cute. No, n- nothing uh, too nudge, nudge, wink, wink. 
Yeah, uh, nothing too meta. Like I no. find sometimes the Marvel films are so kind of, you know, yeah, like how would I know? I'm a big green guy. It's like, come on, mate. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's moments like when, when I think about my annoyance with Marvel now and the modernization of their storytelling, mm. it's when I think about the third Spider-Man film and and Peter Parker finally calls Doctor Strange Stephen and he's... And in in this big dramatic moment, he still has a, uh, mm. still feels strange, you know, kind of quip. Still, yeah. still doesn't, and it's like, what are you doing? Like, just yeah. just play the emotional beats. I, what what I did like about uh, Shazam is that it's not meta, but it is definitely still in that weird amalgamation of whatever the DC universe is, and yeah. it makes sense to me that he is obsessed with Wonder Woman. Like yes. even in even in one of the after credit scenes when someone says, "God, you're obsessed with her," and he's like, "Well, yeah, yeah, I'm it's... 17, and she's yeah. Wonder Woman." <laughs> <laughs> so that felt funny. Yeah, and it's also it's um it's very I wouldn't say it's like for little kids, but it's very family friendly. Like very. you could take a twelve or thirteen year old yeah. to this, maybe even like a ten year old. Like it's there's nothing you know apart from some you know burgeoning uh, feelings for you know other people. There's nothing really that's gonna need to be explained. <laughs> no, it's you know it's 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 borderline Degrassi high with yeah. um. With, with the ability pals. to fly. Yeah. You know what? I I will like it has some negative points. I know I don't want to oh, yeah. you know. I yeah. don't want to sound like I love it. Like No, no, no. I'm very tired of whatever the <laughs> the CG plugin is that turns people into leaves. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know like some people what just suddenly that? disintegrate into um, it just looks like all of the leaves have fallen off a tree in a high wind. Yeah. It's like, what is that? Like, it just happens. It seems to be a thing that happens yeah. all the time in superhero movies, and I'm quite tired of it. Yeah. People being turned into ash and, yeah. you know, particles. It's like, I, I know that it's really hard to do, mm. which is why they do it, because it's yeah. like, oh, look how much money we spent. But we've seen it so many times now. It doesn't look that expensive anymore. It just no. looks like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You filmed a tree for all the leaves falling off a tree and then stuck a person's outline on it, whatever it is. You know, um, in, in all honesty, if you go back to Avengers Infinity War and oh, you yeah. and, and if if you're gonna ape the leftovers, just have them not be there. Yes. That like, would be that's great. just as shocking. Yeah. It's like you turn around and they're gone. It's like yeah. what? Um so yeah, I wasn't mad about that. Uh I also wasn't mad about the score. Like it sounded like Jesus, it was awful. It sounded like, they, you know, because the, they use temp tracks now. They just paste in whatever music they like from yeah. other movies and yeah. then send it off to the composer and go, something like that. And the composer's gone, yeah, I'll just do that. Like, it's like this bit from Lord of the Rings, that bit from Batman, this yeah. bit from Avengers. It's like, let's have a crack, mate. <laughs> yeah. Try, try and come up with something original. No wonder All Quiet on the Western Front won the yeah. best soundtrack it sounded unlike anything else yeah it's really original same with um the last of us like the yeah. tv show which you know is uses the music from the game yeah um and the same composer who did the music for brokeback mountain who's just you know really original nothing you've really heard anywhere else um gustavo santalala but yeah it's really yeah, it just this it, the the music is, but not just that music, but like the songs they use in the film. Yes, like songs that have been so overused that you go, are they just really affordable? 
Well, that's what it feels like now. <laughs> this is this must be about the fourth film I've heard sabotage in, and two of those oh films God. were Star Trek. Yeah, there's like sabot- I mean, sabotage was fun because it was a callback to the right. first movie when it was in the third one. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't need to hear Bonnie Tyler's holding out for a hero in a hero superhero movie ever again. Um, <laughs> right. You know, it, it, it funny the the music and the soundtrack were big negatives and. I guess normally I would not enjoy a CGI ending, mm. except I knew it was going to be a CGI ending, oh, and so you know I just kind of I was you checked out a little bit it. with that. Also, but they, they made it small, like they yes. went, "Let's just go to this small place." It's a CGI yeah. big explosion bit of business in a small area. Yeah. Um, but as for other pluses, how great is Helen Mirren? Helen Mirren's fantastic. She's and, having a ball. She and Lucy care. Liu. Lucy Liu is having a whale of a time. And uh, Rachel Zegler, is that how you pronounce it? Ziegler, She's great. Like all all the, uh, you know, the bad gods are fun, (laughs) which I really enjoyed. Uh, And then, uh, funnily enough, uh, someone who gets quite a lot more to do in this film uh, Hmm. is, uh, how do you pronounce his name? Dimon Honsu. Oh, Dimon Honsu, yeah. Yeah, he's great. He's so good. Like, he's also having a lot of fun and yeah. uh, really enjoying himself. And he's probably the most meta character, and he yes. doesn't quite tip over, which yep. is uh, a relief. I love Freddy. I think Freddy's really good. Like, that actor that's playing him is... Yep. Uh, Jack Dylan Grazer. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like, why haven't I seen him since the last film? He was kind of a standout of this film, and he's quite, you know, they, they give a lot. He gets a lot to do in this one as well. He, he's got some... Uh, Kind of Shia LaBeouf, young Shia LaBeouf energy. Yeah. He and he he has all the kind of interesting emotional beats, and yeah. uh, and he and he pulls them off. Uh, yeah, he's definitely the highlight. Uh, one thing that makes me laugh a lot is that when everyone says Shazam and they turn into gods, they become oh. completely different people, except for Grace Caroline Curry, who is quite <laughs> clearly way too attractive as Mary <laughs> Brumfield to not be kept as Mary Marvel. Well, also because she's, like, practically an adult. Like, she's the oldest and she's, you know, because they have a conversation. I kind of liked the, you know, the brief kind of chats about um, who, you know, them being all in the foster system, that they've managed to find these lovely parents. Like, you know, they don't make movies about the foster kids that find the terrible parents, thankfully. Um, (laughs) Well, they do. They end up in uh, detective shows, which we'll talk about later. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's 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 just really sweet. Like I kind of like the way they talk about, you know, it's like found families essentially, which is yeah. you know really important when you're that age and you feel like you don't fit in. So I kind of yeah, I really like those just little moments of them as kind of kids becoming adults and yeah. and that that transition. And but they didn't like really lean on it too hard, so it wasn't you know wasn't like, here's seven scenes about why I'm becoming an adult now. It's like, yeah. no, 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 we've still got to hit Lucy Liu in the head with a lightning bolt. Yeah, thank you. Let, <laughs> let's get to the good stuff. Uh, well, uh, we'll finish up with this. I don't think there's too much more to talk about it, but I, I think you summed it up perfectly. It's it's funny and you can take uh, a 10-year-old to it and have a good time. Yeah. And that's yeah. all you want from Shazam. You don't need anything else. Yeah. 
Uh, right. The next thing I want to talk to you about, uh, and uh, we'll keep this nice and tight, is mm. you said you have some firm views on episode three of The Mandalorian, oh, season man. three. Oh, look, I've been enjoying it because it's just mostly, what's Grogu doing? Like, that's all I really care about. Like, <laughs> that's all I care about. I just want to see Mando and Grogu hanging yeah. out. Yeah, I just want to see Grogu spinning in a chair, eating a bug. Um, <laughs> Just hugging his things. head up at the window. Yeah, hugging things he's not meant to hug because they're not yes. they're not pets. Yes, just all of that. Um, yeah. But this latest episode started off wonderfully. Like it was yes. like, oh, cool, old school Star Wars. Like we're yes. getting space fights. It's all going on. And then for about an hour in a show that rarely goes over 40 minutes. Yeah. But this one went for an hour. They decided to go, oh, Everyone was really into to spooky and intrigue in Andor, Andor on Coruscant. Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. And yeah. let's not do it well. <laughs> oh, man. I was just, I was the same. It's like you, you could have had that storyline, like, but it just yeah. went, like, it was this weird thing where the Mando story was bookended. Yeah. And, and, and both those bits were great. So and, good. And that bit in the middle just went, it just went way too long. And I didn't remember and those I didn't characters. Care. I didn't yeah. give a fuck either. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't care about them. Like, yeah. I, I, I remember them, you know, vaguely turning up. And I was interested in this idea of repatriating people yep. who've been on the, the wrong side. Uh, you know, a lot of that happened after World War II. There's quite a precedent for it. I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever seen the space program at NASA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, let's, let's, they were good Nazis, these ones, surely. Yeah. Um, and it was that kind of idea, but it just was, it was just handled so badly. Like, yeah. I just it was... didn't. And at one point, <laughs> switch with Gary goes, ah, she's going to eat the biscuit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course she is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, also, also, they just added in this weird train bit. Now, once again, you know how oh, we man. always discuss, like, you've got to keep, I'll accept TIE Fighters and, mm -hmm. and Grogu and all of that, but if a train is moving at the speed that they're showing it and two people jump off it and they don't have all four of their legs explode up their assholes, yeah. you, you're taking me out of it. Also, I mean, I, I've talked about this in Adam Richard has a theory recently because I was there was some very big examples of it in the Doctor Who episode I watched. But what is going on with occupational health and safety in space in the future? There are no right. guardrails anywhere. None. <laughs> and I give a shit. You you could just jump over that weird electrical connector between <laughs> the things yeah. and possibly die, even yeah. though the robot can turn them on so they're safe for the robot. I'm like, what is it? And and you can just get out the back of the train that's not connected to anything. Yeah, like, and you can just jump off. Yeah, just leap off. Like, that's fine. I know we could probably do that on our public transport here, but, you know, there are enough barriers to try and stop you before you get there, whereas yeah. this is just like, oh, just go out the back door. That's fine. It yeah. just opens. Yep, it's worked out well. Yeah, no, it's... It, it it baffles me why and also then they walk across that bridge to the, the star destroyer and it's like yeah no there's no handrails there either like, no what? handrails no it's it's weird <laughs> it, it was so funny because I, I you know I, I i was very cynical going into the mandalorian hmm. and and then that first season just totally won me over oh so I, cute. I, I enjoyed the second season. I think they made a mistake in the with the Boba Fett. They they should have done. Yeah. Th that should have been season three, The Mandalorian. It, you know, 
the you know the whatever it was called uh, the trial of Boba Fett or whatever the book and of Boba Fett the book of Boba Fett but you could have like they they should have told that season more like uh, not different timelines but they could have gone back and forth like Godfather Part Two yeah. oh, this is what's going on with Mando oh Boba's got this going on that hmm. way you could have shortened the Boba. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry, and some well less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Fett stuff. You could have increased the Mandalorian stuff, so then you get more of an emotional resonance when they finally meet up at the end, rather yeah. than two thirds of the way through uh, the book of Boba Fett, where it feels like they went, "Fuck, we miss Mando. We, let, let's just bring Mando back let's in." Bring and, Mando and Grogu. Let's bring them back. And then this season feels like it started off slightly, like they're just slightly off because yeah. another TV series did all the heavy lifting. Well, I heard a rumour that Grogu wasn't meant to be back at all. Like, he was going to, he was off into the, you know, learning to be a Jedi with Luke. And that was his journey. And that this one was going to be Mando and Bo-Katan and all that kind of thing. And rediscovering his roots. Um, And they've had to put Grogu in it because someone uh, higher up just, did all those things during the book of Boba Fett when the Mandalorian showrunners were, you know, not as heavily involved and they come back and it's like, what? It's like, yeah, yeah, we need to sell more toys. Put the, put the cute dolly in. <laughs> right. You know what? Even if it's for the wrong reasons, it uh, feels right to me. Don't, yeah. don't let him be off. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm loving Grogu and I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm happy to have him in anything. Yeah. But it does feel like, uh, is, is this series now kind of compromised because yeah. some creative decisions were made yeah. in a different show? Also, apparently there are people who watched a couple of episodes of Boba Fett, weren't into it, and especially, you know, once you see the mods um, <laughs> on their stupid space vespers, I can understand jumping off board. Yeah. So they never got to those Mandalorian episodes. Yeah. And so they don't know why he's got a new spaceship and why he's yeah. got Grogu and why any yeah. of that. Like... And rather than doing any kind of recap in The Mandalorian, they've just he just says, oh, yeah, it's a long story. And that's the explanation. Yeah. Yeah. Far out. Is Star Wars, like, one of the worst-run IPs? Like, oh, in, yeah. Like, I know DC's a mess, but DC also can drop a, a Nolan Dark Knight trilogy or a Matt Reeves, yeah. Bat, the Batman, or it can, you know, like, Aquaman yeah. was kind of... Aquaman was Hokey fun. camp fun. You yeah, know. James Wan was having a ball. I love yeah. Aquaman. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think Star Wars is definitely a mess. And it's, I think it's just because I think the tail wags the dog. I think it's right. like 
we've got toys to sell so let's do it also you know marvel and dc have you know marvel has like 60 plus years of yeah. storytelling under like to fall back on dc has you know a hundred <laughs> nearly yeah. like yeah. They, they're coming up on a hundred years since superman so that's a lot of things to fall back on if you need to yeah um whereas star wars is was just crazy george lucas's lunacy um writ large and they're trying to make whole shows out of you know that guy down the left on the corner that <laughs> oh yeah that guy Leia for two minutes yeah. before she went into the thing it's like that that's not a basis for a well <laughs> storyline i i hope you don't say that because um i've been pitching to <laughs> kathleen kennedy a whole six-part series about uh concussion and it revolves around the stormtrooper who hits his head on the <laughs> on the door yeah and it's about him trying to get his motor skills back on and trying to sue the empire and it's uh anyway it's going to be hard hitting it's going to fit somewhere between uh andor and return of the jedi <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I do. I did love Andor. Andor was amazing, and I think that's part of why this episode is so disappointing. Because yeah. it's like, I might have enjoyed it if I'd not seen it done so well. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's it's funny if people haven't watched Andor and they say, "What do you mean?" Is that you watched an episode and you, you were enthralled when a main character was berated by his mum while he ate blue milk <laughs> cereal, and you go, "Yeah, but you didn't see it." Like it was fascinating. <laughs> So good. Yeah. And they had character development. Like, yeah. the most character development these people had was they liked a biscuit. They liked a fucking biscuit. <laughs> anyway, we've all liked a biscuit, mate. Uh, well, let's finish up on uh, Perry Mason, which has come oh. back for the second season. Uh, the first season was – I loved it. I thought the first season so was great. But Although it did suffer from severe Surf Dracula syndrome. Absolutely. Please explain <laughs> Surf Dracula to our uh, friends. So Surf, Surf Dracula is this tweet <laughs> that I feel like is just the most perfect tweet of all time. Yeah. Where <laughs> I've got to find it. It's just, it's here. I've got it. Okay. Uh, Doc Future is the, the handle. Um, back in the day, if you did a TV show called Surf Dracula, you'd see that full surfing every week in new adventures. But in the streaming era, the entire first season got to be a long-ass flashback to how he got the surfboard until you finally get to see him surf for five minutes in the finale. Mate, that is a perfect summation of what goes wrong with a lot of TV these days. And even though that first season of Perry Mason was great, yeah, it, it was it really, totally Surf Dracula. <laughs> you know, I was listening to The Watch with Chris Ryan and uh, Andy Greenwald and they'd had Matthew Reese on and, you know, they, that, even they were sort of saying, yeah, you know, you there, there were lots of scenes of you milking cows. <laughs> but this second season has oh. hit the ground running and yeah. it is thrilling. It, it is, is so good. And uh, you can feel that there's some sort of horrific corruption going on because yeah. these kind of like elder statesmen doing nasty things, yeah. setting things on fire. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's been a, a beloved son murdered and then just two, <laughs> two poor... Uh, Two poor Mexicans who've been shanghaied. Yeah. <laughs> like the police are like, oh, yeah, he, he had that thing that was vaguely related to that guy. So they're in jail now. And Perry is just doing civil cases, but he's like, no, I should 
I should defend these guys because, you know, their wife, one of their wives and one of their mothers came in and asked me to, but I'm just, you know, he's still burned from the last case. Yeah. Which in very much an Alien 3 opening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first episode, we're like, oh, he got that woman off. She, uh, yeah, she didn't make it. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, it's full on, right? Like, it's really full on. Like, it's and- just, he just bends the, like, he just gets kicked in the teeth over and over again, Perry Mason. <laughs> and, and Matthew, uh, Matthew Reese is so good. He, he looks haggard. He looks yeah. worn down by the guilt of that case. You can understand yeah. why Perry at the start of this season doesn't want to have anything to do with anything highly emotional. Yeah. But there's that great scene with Shay Wiggum, who oh. is, just everyone in this show is. Oh, Julia Rylance is incredible. Oh, yeah. Street, like, we so should good. we should focus on her in a sec. But um, when he's talking to Shay and he's like, "Hang on, what was that that you said about the way the guy was shot?" You can see his head starts yeah. clicking over, and then suddenly he's chloroforming a dog so he can go into <laughs> and uh, you know do some measurements. And it was just thrilling. It was just really thrilling oh. television. And the chase on the boat where he sees the corrupt policeman who he right. knew from the last case he did yeah. was completely corrupt. Yeah. Um, like that was just like, I did not expect there to be suddenly a chase scene on a boat yeah. uh, in the second episode. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's just going to be a lot of, you know, hand wringing for the first three weeks. But no, no, here we go. <laughs> we are into it. And the way he gets out of that situation is, it's always one of those things that I always think in other things, in mm. other TV shows and movies, where it's just like, hey, why don't you just draw attention to it? Yeah. And he did. Yeah. And it's great. And he's was, so charming. It, You know what? It made me think of that, um, that terrible scene on the train in Loki. And I'm like, now this, this yes. is how you write that scene. Yes. This is how that scene should go. They're trapped on something. You feel like there's just nowhere to go. And it's like, oh, no, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. This is how we get out of this. And it, it was, yeah. It's It's been fantastic. And the, you know, the score is magnificent. Oh, it really. Terrence Blanchett is amazing. I so find good. it very difficult. I've got a bottle of scotch here. And I could just easily <laughs> crack it open and knock off, you know. Three glasses of it while watching every episode of Perry Mason. Oh, um, it is just beautiful. Oh. Juliet uh, Rylance as uh, Della Street is the secret source of the show for me as well. Uh, I feel like she's a co-lead in many yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, she's certainly, I mean, because, you know, uh, Della in the TV show originally was just a secretary. But yeah. here she's got so much more agency. She's a lawyer in her own right. She basically was running uh john lithgow's law practice because he was you know checked out yeah um which perry has kind of inherited so she's doing as much heavy lifting legally uh as um as perry is so yeah absolutely co-lead and i'm loving her uh like the the clandestine behavior of of gay people in you know in the depression era so she's kind of having this flirtation with a woman who takes a to a boxing match yeah. which was berserk. <laughs> yeah, out of control. <laughs> and just like a beautiful metaphor that comes up later on in the episode, which I love. Um, and also the the fact that she's having this weird, you know, friendship with Justin Kirk's character, Hamilton Berger, yeah. uh, who's the DA, who, you know, they kind of are going up against because they're on opposite sides, but they're, yeah. They're each other's beards, like they yes. take each other to events. So it's like no one will question them. Like, it's who they're sleeping with. <laughs> yeah, I love it. 
I love it. You, there's that great line where she says, your perfect woman looks like Clark Gable. <laughs> So cute. <laughs> he's he's fantastic. Um, and so uh, Chris Chalk as Paul Drake as oh. the PI is fantastic. So for people who haven't seen it, it's um, it feels a little bit Chinatown. It and, does, yes. And it's uh, set in LA, and it, and you've got the three of them in the in the different worlds. So you've got you've got Perry coming at this case from his world. You've got um, Della. Uh, Della coming at it from her her secret hidden world of mm. no one being allowed to be out and proud. And then you've got also uh, women not allowed to be. As have as much agency as she does. Oh yeah, so she's got the double thing going yeah. on, and then you got Paul Drake as an African American who is just trying to make ends meet mm. and is like actually questioning, you know, Perry and whether he can rely on them. And yeah, it's there's so much going on, but it is also really easy to follow, and it is oh. delicious. It's so tasty. Also, Sean Astin as the most grasping oh, greengrocer yes. on the face of the earth. <laughs> I hate him so much and I yes. love him and I hope so I, I think I said to you uh, when we saw Shazam yeah. my my hope is that he's in every season as their awful gross guy oh, that they yeah. get all their money from so they can do these jobs that they don't get paid for. Yeah. <laughs> It's so great. It's so yeah. awful. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm loving all of that as well. All right. I, uh, I I promised you I would not keep you for long, but we managed to hit Shazam. We managed to hit Mando. Mm-hmm. We managed to hit Perry Mason. Is there anything else you want to give a shout out to? I just watched all of Barry, like, in, a, in about two weeks. <laughs> like, fuck me. Like, how good is Barry? Barry is amazing. Although yeah. I'm kind of, I don't know. Who's more reprehensible? Because like, there's all like drug dealers and hitmen, yeah. but I feel like the actors are the worst people in the show. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Uh, meaning the characters that are the actors. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They're awful. They are just awful. awful. Mate, her, uh, uh, her. What, what's the lead uh, characters? Uh, oh, Sally. Yeah. What's her? Uh, oh man, hang on. Let me just look it up quickly. Uh, her <laughs> meltdown in. Oh. When she yells at Darcy Carden's character. <laughs> Mate, it is, it is out Sarah Goldberg. She yeah. is out of control. Yeah, she's so good. And but you know, you know she's met that actor about 400 times. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> she is so good and I just can't stand that character so much. Oh. And that's what makes her perfect. Yeah, uh, but even you know, like Henry Winkler as Gene, like Gene oh, is you reprehensible. Wanna, you want to adore him because he is quite adorable, but then he's awful. Like yes. you know, there's someone going, "Oh yeah, you threw a cup of hot tea on me because there were no chives in your omelet." Like, oh yeah, you are not okay. <laughs> yeah, you're bad as well. And uh, you know, uh, Bill Hader never forgets that Barry is awful. Like Barry's that, awful, and like that finale is oh. a scorcher. And this next season is the final season. Yeah. Well, I'm, I was wondering how much further you can take it because I feel like the stakes are up so high. It's, yeah. It's, they're going to paint themselves into too many corners from here yeah. on in. But I tell you what, if you give me a Better Call Saul spin-off with NoHo Hank, oh I'm my good God. to go. I love NoHo Hank. Hey, Barry. <laughs> like, he is just so good. Give me, give me six seasons of NoHo Hank and how he 
<laughs> how he becomes No Ho Hank, and then give me some black and white of him in the future. That's desperately where I want that to go. But um, yeah, I am pumped for this f- finale. Like, like oh. I was sad when I saw it was the final season, and was also yeah. great. There's so much stuff coming. Like, so Ted Lasso came out this week, um, yes. which I, I'm still yet to watch. I loved Shrinking, which has been on uh, Apple TV Plus for the last few weeks, and also looking forward to the second season of Yellow Jackets this weekend oh, right. i've not seen either of those so. oh you will i reckon you would love yellow jackets it's got yeah. a it's got a, a lost vibe yeah um in that there's a plane accident and then you see the people now and yeah. something's gone on and yeah. you, as the series goes on you're like "Ooh, that's not what i thought it was going to be no yeah. that is not what i thought that was going to be <laughs> yeah <laughs> great Oh, they survived? I thought they were dead. <laughs> oh, all right. Makes sense. Okay, that sounds good. And all Lauren right. Ambrose joins the, the next series, which is exciting. Oh, I do love her. She's so good. Yeah. All right, I should let you go. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, Adam Richard has a theory every day on the podcast uh, and every week on me. I am a memoir, The Meaning of the Meaning of Mariah Carey. <laughs> uh, it's just never not funny. And uh, for the Big Squid listeners, our second Mission Impossible episode goes up oh. next Tuesday where we cover Mission Impossible 2. Fuck, what happened? Oh, what I think happened that's what it's called. in Sydney? <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking... Interesting film, and I'm not going to, uh, you know what, just listen to the podcast because it, yeah. it's, it's a really fun one. Yeah. That was, thank goodness for the podcast because I would have gotten to the end and gone, why did I watch that? But knowing yeah. that we were going to talk about it. We you know, just talked about Face Off and no one would have known. No one would have known. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Adam. Anytime. Thank you to Adam Richard for this impromptu podcast. I reckon we might pop in next week as well with some thoughts on the first two Ted Lasso episodes. I enjoyed the first one, but I enjoyed the first one with a pretty major caveat. So let's see how the second one goes and I'll share those thoughts with you next week. A quick reminder, I have two one-off shows appearing at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. On April 16, we're doing a Big Squid live show with guests Celia Pacuola and Josh Earle as we compete against one another to make the great Aussie movie list. Then on the 17th, my award-winning stand-up show, Little Victories, will be performed at the Melbourne Town Hall. All my Big Squid listeners can save money on ticket purchases by using the promo code PODCAST. And that is my Melbourne Comedy Festival present to you. Patreon subscribers, remember to use your super-duper discount for either or both shows. And let's be honest, they're going to be pretty different. So why don't you come along to both? Have have a double hammo days. Like, I was going to say weekend, but it's a Sunday, Monday. But anyway, you get the impression. In the meantime, I'll be back next week starting on Monday with a brand new Chitter Chatter, followed by a new Mission Impossible episode where Adam and I are diving deep into the Mission Impossible series. It's Mission Impossible 2. Yes, as we mentioned earlier, it's... uh fascinating movie and then uh, the dude cinema podcast co-host beck charwood makes her big squid debut so keep an eye and an ear out for them next week i hope you have a wonderful weekend and thank you for your company until then
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.